Hello, welcome to Syracuse Speaks, the view from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. Alex from the future here with a rare kind of cold open to precede everything that I recorded yesterday on Tuesday, April 27th. This is what I get for trying to be organized and get stuff done a little early. Today is Tuesday, April 28th, and about an hour ago, news broke that the Syracuse Crunch's secondary parent club, the Florida Panthers, has made a rather significant deduction to the Crunch's roster in the form of recalling defenseman Brady Keeper and goaltender Sam Montembeau from the Crunch up to their taxi squad. In a... Kind of corresponding move, the Panthers then reassigned goaltender Ryan Bednard from the Greenville Swamp Rabbits to Syracuse. No word yet on whether he will actually make it in time for tonight's game. I know the COVID protocols have kind of delayed some of these roster additions. I think that Tyler Johnson goalie is probably still around. Syracuse has been carrying three goaltenders pretty much this whole time. Usually it's been Spencer Martin, Sam Montembeau, and then Johnson. So hopefully he's still in town just in case Bednard doesn't make it. Luckily for Syracuse, Martin has been playing really well lately. The coaching staff has been starting him pretty regularly as of right now. So chances are he will probably be in net tonight versus Utica. As always, this podcast will go up before that game is played and well, you know, what a great thing to have happen right before your your game against your divisional opponent and in-state rival. But as I talk about later on in this podcast, you make it work in this league and everybody's going to be working a little bit harder to make it work tonight, but hopefully the crunch will do it and we'll see if Montambo ends up returning within any reasonable amount of time. So enjoy the rest of the podcast. Sorry about this little bit of an interruption, but just so you are aware, as of the recording of the rest of this episode, I did not know that Montembeau was not going to be down in Syracuse for this game or, you know, for the foreseeable future, depending on how long this recall lasts. All right. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, hello. All right, y'all. It's good to have you here. It's been quite an eventful couple of weeks since the last time we got together, so let's go ahead and get right into it. I don't have a guest for tonight. I am in the process of lining up someone pretty great. I think it'll work out. I'm hopeful anyways, but we'll have to kind of see where that goes. So it's just little old me again tonight. I appreciate you tuning in, and I guess we'll start from the newest news and kind of work our way back. Just coming out, actually not that long ago as of recording this, as of right now, it is April 27th, so this half of the podcast is being recorded on Tuesday, as usual, when I'm by myself. The Syracuse Crunch released that they are having a virtual Meet the Crunch event on Tuesday, May 4th. It is going to be held over Zoom. It is going to start at 6 p.m. on the Crunch's Facebook page. This seems... Very kind of, you know, the replacement for the Welcome to Town event that obviously the team was not able to have for the 2021-ish Syracuse Crunch. And basically what's going to happen is the stream is going to be hosted by broadcaster Luca Savali, who has hosted quite a couple very successful Zoom parties, I guess I can call them in the past couple of months since the pandemic hit and last season since that shut down. So 
According to the Crunch's release, the event is going to feature 15-minute segments with groups of players and coaches. During those segments, members of the team will be introduced and will be available to answer fan questions. So obviously this event this year is kind of made a little bit more special by the fact that Syracuse has a dual affiliation. So there's a lot of names out there that fans might still not be familiar with. And although there's only a couple weeks left to the season, I think it's also important for fans to keep in mind that there are guys on the team that will be back in 21-22. And so there's some new faces, some young guys, some college ATOs that will turn into ELCs in 21-22. So this is a really cool opportunity, I think. It's as good as we can do, and that is okay. So I'm excited to see this going on. So from what I'm seeing in the release, which I didn't originally read, there is also an in-person event that is happening kind of in conjunction with this virtual event. So apparently at the YBR Casino and Sportsbook location, I don't know where that is, but that's okay. Anyways, they will stream this event live, and then after the event is over with, there is some kind of a hockey challenge game, and you can play that to win a team signed jersey. So this is kind of a hybrid event, as we say in education, where there's an in-person aspect and a Zoom aspect. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun. Something different. And considering the season is going a little bit longer than usual, considering the unavailability of other social events and meet the team things and, and guest appearances, you know, I think this will be good. So Hopefully they'll have a lot of people participating in this and coming on out for either the Zoom event or both, and I think it should be a good time. Moving on, there are some really quick transactions that I wanted to go over. So Syracuse has lost a couple of players, which, I mean, with you know dual affiliations, it's bound to happen. So the F- Florida Panthers have actually recalled um, Grigori Desisenko and Alexi Heponiemi from the Syracuse Crunch, which my uh, ability to pronounce names and my phone's autocorrect probably thank them for, to be quite honest with you. But of course, losing two forwards of kind of that caliber, especially just to that lovely taxi squad, is a little rough. You know, Syracuse has been playing really well lately, as I will cover later on in this podcast. So, It's going to be an adjustment, you know, to kind of make up for losing those two forwards. The Crunch recalled a forward from the Orlando Solar Bears. Uh, Nikita Pavlyachev is up in Syracuse now. And also kind of in a partner move, uh, defenseman Dmitry Simikin has been sent to Orlando. Simikin has not really been able to break into the roster, especially with the return of Chase Prisky. So I think it makes sense. Sent him down to Orlando get some playing time. Hopefully Pavlyachev can come on up and kind of pitch in and help out on the forward end since, you know, Syracuse is looking slightly weaker there with the loss of Desisinko and Taponiemi. I'm sure that everybody listening to this is aware, but just in case you missed the news, the Crunch has had forwards win the AHL Player of the Week award in two consecutive weeks just recently. So this past week, it was announced that Boris Kachuk was being given the honor of the AHL Player of the Week, 
And just last week, his linemate Taylor Radish was awarded the same selection. I think it's pretty safe to say that Kachuk and Radish are two of this season's success stories when it comes to guys that fans and some media members too were kind of looking to to step it up, show what they can do, take advantage of the extra minutes that they were being given because of the taxi squads and because the rosters were in flux all the time and because there's so much talent up there with the taxi squads that isn't with Syracuse right now. And they're doing it. They It took both of them a little bit to get into their stride this season, but I think at this point in time, it's fairly obvious that they've taken off. Coach Ben has been quoted as saying that You know, Taylor Radish came into this season in some of the best shape of his career. Boris Kachuk has been really clicking lately and has been playing really well. It's exciting to see the two of them take off and to kind of see them coming into the players that I think a lot of people expected them to do. They've both been in Syracuse for three seasons. This is kind of looking towards the end of their ELC. So the Lightning is really kind of looking to see like where are these guys going to be fitting into the affiliation? Where are they going to be fitting into maybe the Lightning roster in the rather near future? A lot has been made about the Lightning's cap situation and how they're going to be looking for these kind of cheaper players to step on up and be ready to make that jump to the NHL. Alex Barry Boulay is currently up with the Lightning. He scored his first NHL goal a couple days ago. These young guys are starting to make their moves, and they're really starting to kind of shake things up and show what they can do. This is an exciting time. Sometimes I kind of wonder if this sort of stress-free season has been just an absolute boon for some of these players because they just get to go out there and play. This was a season that none of us even knew if it was really going to happen, If we're being honest, this was a season that really had no business happening. The crunch has been healthy. Everything has gone off really probably better than any of us hoped way back in January when we started really seriously talking about a 2021 season taking off. These guys took this sort of low-stress, low-pressure season where they had the opportunity to claim minutes They had the opportunity to push themselves. They had the opportunity to impress the coaching staff, step up, be leaders. Syracuse has had injuries. They no longer have their captain with them. He is out for the rest of the season, and from what I've heard, he's gone back home to Michigan. Can't really blame him. It's the middle of a pandemic. Okay, I get it. But, like, the crunch has been searching for these guys all season that are going to step up and that are going to do what they need to do to impress and take advantage of the fact that they even got to play. Otto Sampi, Radish, and Kachuk are three of those guys that really stepped up and did what they had to do. So, you know, if anything, the crunch coming into the season basically said that they had two goals. Develop players for the Lightning and for Florida and stay healthy. COVID-19-wise, the team has done really well with staying healthy. Injury-wise, you know, that's always a mixed bag. But I think that first goal, developing players, I don't see where you can argue that the development isn't happening. I don't see where you can say that that's not what's occurring. I think we are seeing guys really take advantage of this unique situation. 
I think this season more than ever, the, the motto of the AHL has always kind of been unofficially, you make it work. That's where we are. You make it work. Season in, season out, AHL rosters are in constant flux. Guys get hurt. The best players get recalled. Coaching staff sometimes change depending on the whims of what happened at the NA- what happens at the NHL level. You never really know going into an AHL season, I think more so than at the NHL level, what your team is going to look like from top to bottom by the time the NHL trade deadline and the end of the regular AHL season rolls around. You really have no idea. Your best players in October could be up with their NHL club by the time December hits. And then your coaching staff basically just has to look around and say, you make it work. There's no other option down in the AHL. If you don't make it work, you don't win. And I still feel like, especially, you know, the Lightning's attitude that winning at the AHL level is the absolute best development. That the later rounds of the Calder Cup playoff are the cl- of the Calder Cup playoffs are the closest AHL players can get to playing at the NHL level without actually being in the NHL. So the goal is to get them there. Now, obviously, this season, Syracuse has already said they're not going to play in the playoffs. There's not any Calder Cup awarded. There's really not going to be any of that late-round pressure hockey. But I think this season, more than ever, that kind of motto of you make it work has really come into play. And for all intents and purposes, the crunch has made it work. And I think that the organization has a lot to be proud of. And I think that the fans, even though we haven't been able to be there in person, I know there have been a couple of fans that have made it to some Utica games because Utica is letting a small amount of people in. Good for them. It's not going to happen in Syracuse, so don't hold your breath. But I think even without having to, even without being in person, there has been so many ways to be able to connect with the team. That has been so helpful. And fans have seen some really good hockey, especially in the latter half of this season. I can't be mad at it. I can't complain about it. My Twitter buddy, Mark, tweeted at me the other day that, you know, he betcha, he bets that I was really enjoying the kind of hockey that Syracuse has been playing lately. And it's like, yeah, of course I am. You know, there's no question that the hockey that we have been getting from this group of guys that have been kind of cobbled together from two different affiliations, plus the OHL, plus recently the college ranks, two different prospect pools, two different veteran pools. The goaltending matches is is a mix of affiliations. Like this team, it really is, you know, as cheesy as it kind of seems, it's it really has been a season of unity. It's been nice to see. And it's been one of the small joys that I know I've been able to get out of everything that's been happening lately is watching this group of guys kind of come together and really be able to excel. On that note of kind of talking about this really weird season that we're having, Syracuse owner Howard Dolgan came out with a message to first it went out to see to team season ticket holders and then it went out to everybody both on Dolgan's Twitter and on the Syracuse Crunch's Twitter that basically the organization is going full steam ahead for a regular in-person parentheses with precautions 
21-22 season. They are looking to get butts in seats. I saw just the other day that the Syracuse Mets Stadium is going to be home to COVID-19 tests on game days so that fans who want to attend the games that day can go get get their test right there down at the stadium, which is where they're going to be anyways, and then go ahead and attend the games as long as their test is negative. My guess is if, if and, I, and I'm going to say if, because I think at this point in time with what the CDC is releasing and how things are working right now, that was me knocking on wood, it is very possible that maybe some of these precautions won't even be necessary in October. But as of right now, I do know that Mr. Dolgan is counting on either a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination to get into the arena. And I know that there has been some questions on Twitter about, you know, keeping vaccinations up to date and how that's all going to work out. I have no idea what the state has planned for that. I'm not even sure if the CDC knows because obviously the whole vaccine situation, we're not really sure how long the protection is going to last. So the six months, which was like the original thinking that the vaccines were good for, maybe that will be extended. Who knows what's going to happen there? But as of right now, the team is focusing in on those two requirements to get through the doors. Given that, my assumption is that the team and the county are going to want to make it as easy as possible for fans to make it through those doors. So I would guess that the team would probably want to set something similar up to what's going to be happening at the Syracuse Mets games this coming summer. Obviously, with winter weather and everything and the the limited space that the War Memorial has, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. Most nights, the on-center is pretty empty across the street, and especially with events kind of just getting going again. So it's very possible that maybe they could set up some kind of mobile testing site over at the on-center, and then you could just cross the street and go to the War Memorial. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, but definitely as we get closer to the season, keep your eyes peeled for any kind of plan that the team and the county might have to help fans get to crunch games. We miss hockey. We want hockey back, and I know that we are not the only ones. Coach Ben Grew was on the block with Brent Axe a couple weeks ago. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it or if you didn't see Brent's write-up of the little talk he had with Coach Ben, it's over on Syracuse.com. You might want to look it up because it was good. You know, I think... Ben is normally not as, I almost want to say emotional, for for him anyways, as he was during that interview. And he came right out and said that the players miss the fans. The players miss having the fans in the building. We miss going to the games. We miss seeing them play. They miss hearing the fans cheering them on every night. This has been hard. This has been hard for everybody. And I know that... We are all hoping and in some ways counting on being able to be back with each other in October. So hopefully that will happen. Things are looking pretty good. You know, the New York State Fair is a go as of right now. Again, as with everything, there's going to be some changes, but things are slowly returning to normal. So we can only hope that crunch hockey will also 
be on that path as we get closer to the 21-22 season. tonight's tilt against Utica. Syracuse is, believe it or not, currently third in the AHL's North Division. This is pretty much the highest the crunch has been all season since that first game where they were in first place for like a day. So it's pretty exciting. Currently, Syracuse has a 15-8-1 record, and a lot of those 15 games have been won over the past couple of weeks. Since the last time that we have sat down for a chat, Syracuse has lost a game against Utica, but then won a game against Wilkes-Barre-Scranton 4-1, won a game against Utica 6-2, won a crazy tilt against Rochester 7-6, won the next game against Rochester 5-3, and won their most latest game against Utica from Sunday, April 25th. 7-1. to So the Syracuse Crunch go into their game tonight on Wednesday, April 28th against Utica, probably feeling pretty confident despite some of the roster changes that I went over in the first part of this particular podcast. Syracuse Crunch forward and current reigning AHL Player of the Week, Boris Kachuk, is now fifth in the league overall in terms of points, which is pretty cool. So congratulations to him. That is by far the highest a Syracuse player has been all season long. Kachuk currently has 29 points, which is actually tied with a player from Texas who I am not going to try to say his name. I will massacre it. So just know that they both have 29 points and all of the other players that are ahead of Kachuk as far as the AHL total stats go are all over in the Western Conference. So, and actually looking at all of the players around Kachuk, the nearest Eastern Conference player, a player from Laval, who is in 12th place. Aw, Dumont's in 11th. Sorry. (laughs) The things that you notice is you're just looking at former Syracuse Crunch captain Gabriel Dumont is currently 11th, 11th in the league in scoring with 26 points. Congratulations to him. That's pretty great. It's good to see that he's having a good season over there with the Iowa Wild. But anyways, the majority of the players in the top 10 in the league in points right now are all over in the Western Conference, except for Boris Kachuk, who is doing the Eastern Conference proud. So that's kind of neat to see. Just sort of a little note as I'm looking at this. The uh, Western Conference definitely seems to be a little bit more competitive than the Eastern Conference right now. And in fact, as I'm looking even at the top 20 in the league in points, the only players that are representing the Eastern Conference are Kachuk and then the gentleman from Laval. And then down, rounding out at number 20 is our old friend Otto Sampi with 23 points. So... The Syracuse Crunch is making moves. They're playing really well. They're doing what they need to do. And honestly, I don't see why that is really going to change going into the final stretch of the season. 
After the game tonight, Syracuse has seven games left on their regular season schedule, barring any last-minute COVID changes or whatever happens. So all of those games are against either Rochester or Utica. Syracuse will play Rochester twice, and then Utica five different times. (laughs) It's almost just like a normal regular season, isn't it? Utica's been struggling. They not only had a pretty serious COVID situation, both themselves and their parent club got hit really hard. They also have a dual affiliation that they're dealing with, and the border situation between them and Vancouver has been a nightmare. I should probably pay a little bit of attention to the whole Binghamton situation, but to be honest with you, there are more knowledgeable voices out there than me who are closer to this situation and who are losing their team, or at least it sure seems like it, uh, that you can probably look up. So I am not going to add my voice to the current kind of confusing and worrying situation between Binghamton and New Jersey and Utica and Vancouver, other than to say that, yes, the border situation for Vancouver and Utica has been a nightmare. And as much as I don't want to see New York losing AHL clubs and fans losing their team and things shifting around again, I also kind of get it. So however that works out, once we have some concrete details to go on, I will absolutely talk about it. But as of right now, we're just going to kind of let it be. But, you know... There's nothing that says that Utica won't get their act together and Syracuse will have a tough time playing them five times in a row. Oi, that's a lot of, that's a lot of Utica. Syracuse sees Utica on Sunday, May 2nd, Wednesday, May 5th, Friday, May 7th. Happy birthday to me, by the way. Saturday, May 8th, and Monday, May 10th. Boom, 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 boom. All right in a row, all against Utica. Sandwiched with a Saturday, May 1st tilt against Rochester and ending the season on Saturday, May 15th with a final game against Rochester. So, you know, who knows how those games are going to turn out? I don't think Crunch fans will have too much to complain about by the time this this season finally wraps up on Saturday, May 15th. I think that will do it for this week's episode, so I want to thank you all so much for listening. I'm Alex Ackerman. I'm the host and creator of this podcast, and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions. My personal Twitter is at Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, and my hockey handle is over at Sinbin Crunch. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon.